This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Hi, I'm Sarah Humphreys, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook but has lots of questions. And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of realsimple.com, a professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. I had a trying time in the kitchen this weekend. Okay, well, consider this your safe space. Tell me all about it. Okay. So we had family friends visiting us. I mean, we do every weekend, basically. Yeah. We have You're like, a big entertainer. I'm basically like cooking for 40 every weekend, right? So we had a family of five visiting us, and this family is very, very good friends with my husband. I mean, they're basically like cousins, you know, like they've known each other forever. Do you know those people who are just good at everything? (laughs) And not only are good at everything, but like really brag about being good at everything and point out when you're not good at everything? Oh, I don't like this. So anyway, I get really overwhelmed when this particular family visits because... I feel like I'm constantly in the spotlight. Yeah, you're on stage performing for them. Especially in the kitchen. And as a result, I get super flustered. So, like, I'm in there in the morning and I'm making pancakes and I'm flipping them too early. And I don't flip them too early. I know how to flip them. (laughs) But I flipped them too early and they broke. And then it was like a big laugh fest. Oh, oh, look at Sarah. Can't flip pancake. (laughs) It just happened all weekend. I can't open a bottle of wine. Like, I wasn't doing it right. I know how, but I couldn't. And then I get rescued, you know, like I. Oh, let me do it. Exactly. And And then I get told how to do it correctly. So. Did you have to to run to the grocery store for some alone time? I actually did. (laughs) I build that in now. Like, I've kind of learned my coping mechanisms. It's not even like an emergency. I just have it built in. So actually, so one of the things that happened was I came home. Everybody was skiing. And I I said, I got to go. I got to go. And I went to the grocery store by myself. And I came home. And I had about an hour till everybody got home. And I was sprinting to get things ready for dinner because I didn't want to be observed while I was making dinner. And one of the things I made was what we're talking about today, mac and cheese. So easy, right? Yeah. And who doesn't love it? Who doesn't love it? We had, we had, I think we were having eight kids over for dinner and eight adults, naturally. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to make mac and cheese. And I'd asked my brother who knows, who's who's just great in terms of like a kid friendly and good. And I said, you know, do you have any mac and cheese recipes that are actually really easy, easier than than they usually are? And he told me about this New York Times one. And we love the New York Times food. Yeah. It's excellent. This one was brilliant because you didn't have to parbake the noodles and you didn't have to make a roux. You literally just like stirred in uh-huh. raw, raw pasta, tons of cheddar cheese, like some milk and some cayenne, essentially. I mean, yeah. I'm simplifying it a little bit. Jam it into a, you know, casserole dish and bake it. And what's OK, because this is going to go. This I haven't tried this particular recipe. Right. But it does go against all of my usual. Right. So guess Methods. what happened? Right. So anyway, I was really excited because I thought, oh my gosh, I can get this done so quickly. It's a game changer. No one has to look. No one's watching me. I can jam it in the oven, and then by the time they get back, it'll be baking, and then I won't have to get criticized. And so I did. I was like going as fast as possible, like grating so much cheese, like cut my hand, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> like right, get it in the oven. They come home. Oh, it smells so good. Blah blah blah. And then I serve it, and guess what? What happened? 
consensus among the eight children was it was too cheesy. How's that possible? <laughs> I, don't know. I failed. It was such a fail. Literally. What does that the, even mean? Like, all the plates came back. No one ate it. It was gelatinous. It was okay. not like a creamy. It didn't thing. have that like cre- it had like no. It was basically like you take, gooey. It was gooey. Yeah. So anyway, that was my story. So once again, told how I failed. Everybody saw it again. So I want to talk today about mac and cheese, and I want your help. Okay. We can we can talk through this. We need to save it and bring it back to when everybody loves it, and it's it's actually delicious. Because there are just blob. a few simple things that you can do to avoid gooey, gummy, gross mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Congealed mac and cheese. So I, I, let's get shameful, into it. Let's, right? Yeah, it was shameful. <laughs> let's get into it. But first, let's take a break and talk about our sponsor. So, have you ever built a website? I have not. <laughs> I am sorry to say I have not. But I do know that I was going to build a website for my wedding, which I also did not do. <laughs> um, but in my careful research on beautiful wedding websites, one of my very stylish, most stylish friends who just got married re- highly recommended Squarespace to build your wedding website. And hers was gorgeous. You did actually consider it. I did consider it. And I was definitely going to go with Squarespace. I think that they do a great job of making it very easy, even for someone like me. I can vouch for that because I I have been dipping my toes back into the, the world of website building recently because my personal page, which I have not touched since 2007 is in dire need <laughs> of some updating. Here is a picture yeah. of you with a flip phone. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say that like I was in a different decade of life <laughs> when that was made, and Squarespace has actually made it possible for me to make headway on that. Which you know, I'll procrastinate everything for as long as possible. <laughs> so if you too need to tend to your personal brand, but are as low tech and coding averse as we are, what's coding? <laughs> you can. Head on over to squarespace.com and enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay, mac and cheese. Can we start, we just do the building blocks of mac and cheese, and can you kind of lead me through Sure. what makes a successful? Some of this is personal taste, but I think there are some basic tenets that we can all agree upon, which is... Let's just start with the Mac, right? Okay. I mean, that's as good a place to begin as any. So you have to choose the right kind of pasta, right? So, I mean, the classic mac and cheese are like little elbows, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or tiny little shells. And the thing that all these have in common is that they have lots of like nooks and crannies. So you want them to be... Uh, have lots of like surface area and like little yeah little nooks for that cheese to get stuck in so that you get maximum cheesy creaminess right. with everybody the cheese to mac ratio yeah and that the cheese really adheres so great for like shells or mini penne or elbows or you know like the little corkscrew oh, yeah. shapes mm-hmm. not so good with like fettuccine or spaghetti. You're not really going to use that kind of thing for right. mac and cheese. So that's number one, building block. Start with the right pasta. You know, generally, you're going to want to parboil it. So you're going to cook it a little bit. Right. This, and this is if you're making like a baked mac and cheese right? versus entirely on the stovetop, which is possible too. But if oh. you're going to make a 
baked mac and cheese. You don't want to cook the pasta all the way through before you mix it all together and put it in the oven because if you do that, by the time you take it out of the oven, it's, it's just going to kind of be falling apart. So if you want it to have that pasta to have the texture that in the end that you actually like it to, you can't cook it all the way first. Okay. It should still be a little chewy and firm before you toss it all together. And then... I'm going to go out there and say you always want to make a roux. Now, I know that that was really probably an appealing part of the New York Times. I thought it was game-changing to not do it, but I— I mean, it uh, is possible—I mean, obviously, it's possible to make a mac cheese. I just don't think it's possible to make a really good, like, craveable mac and cheese without it. It just changes the texture so entirely. And I actually—the more I think about it, I get what the kids were saying about too cheesy because my— Dear, dear mother sometimes made mac and cheese like this when I was like a kid and a teen. Mm -hmm. And it was always kind of a bummer because she'd be like, we're having mac and cheese. And it would just be like kind of too grown up. Like uh, I always thought of it that way. Like it had like three different kinds of cheeses in it. And it just didn't have that like molten center. It just was kind of like, yeah, like macaroni with cheese on it. Mine looked like... A rice krispie treat, like yeah. it was in this casserole, and you could you, you could, like I cut could it into cut squares. It out yeah. into squares. Yeah, it was really disappointing. I, so I'm with you. I agree about the roux. Like I think that this, I think the idea of it was brilliant, and I think maybe for three year olds, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's who hasn't even gotten to the point where they can, you know, they can express describe opinions. cheesiness <laughs> too cheesy. But I think for these, you know, discerning palates who've grown, yeah. grown up with many kinds of mac and cheese, including Annie's, it was too much. Yeah. So, but then we should probably back up a second. And what is a roux? What's a roux, right? You make a roux by cooking equal parts of flour and melted butter in a saucepan over medium heat. And you're basically like cooking the flour in the butter. You're making a little paste. And then you whisk a liquid into that mixture. And this is all over heat on the stovetop. And that could be, you know, milk or broth or anything. But that thickens it into kind of a creamy sauce. And then you stir in your melted cheese. And, yeah, you have like a molten cheese sauce that way. Right. With like a really smooth, creamy consistency. And it stabilizes the cheese so that when you bake it, it doesn't like separate into that kind of gummy, gooey cheese particle masses. Yeah. And it's really easy to do. Once you do it a couple times, it's like anyone can do it. It's not really tricky. Right. It's just another step. It's just another step. But I think it is essential. I agree with you. And so that would be, you know, I guess that's my third tenant. Make a roux. It's worth the extra step. And then when you're stirring in the cheese, you know, that you've great or you bought grated cheese or you're grating it yourself, it's good to use more than one kind. You don't have to go super fancy. You don't want it to be too grown up because I do think this is like kind of a child yeah. comfort food even for grown ups. But, you know, so uh, maybe one sharp cheese and one creamier cheese are kind of balancing things out. So like, I always use a sharp cheddar mm-hmm. and maybe a jack or a gruyere and a parmesan. Mm. Um, or, you know, you can just experiment and see like what ratio of things you like. And the truth is you can taste the roux. As you're melting it all, you taste the cheese sauce and see if it tastes good to you, then it's going to taste yeah, good in the end. I never actually even thought to do that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just follow re- re- recipe instructions. So, yeah, th- those are my, my biggies. So, like, maybe a really sharp cheddar and then something a little creamier or a mm-hmm. little mi- more mild. Milder, yeah. Okay. 
So what's your personal favorite mac and cheese? I like lots of sharp cheddar, like I said, and and usually I'll put a little bit of jack in there too. I like a ton of black pepper just because I really oh. I like pepper. Do you, wait, do you put it into I the roux? I put it roux? in the roux, yeah. Oh, I love So it that like idea. really gets distributed. I mean, just that plain is good to go, but my ultimate, ultimate version, which I make a lot in the summertime for like potlucks and barbecues and stuff, is then I will roast a couple poblano peppers, like the green peppers mm-hmm. over the gas flame on my yep. stove and, you know, peel them, cut them into big chunks and stir that in with Ooh. the pasta and the cheddar sauce. I like to use really big rigatoni, like grooved rigatoni because they're like big pieces but still have the hollows that the cheese sauce can all get like stuck in and then lots of crunchy breadcrumbs on top. It's amazing. Like the smoky peppers and the it sharp cheddar good. and the black pepper and yeah. I think that the sweet, the, the hard thing about mac and cheese, <laughs> I must, must confess, is that if you're making it for adults, it's one thing. You can kind of go crazy and that's great. But if you're making it for kids, it's like how to get a classic mac and cheese that they'll actually eat yeah. without making it. And they get what I really did this weekend. they get super I mean, so my son eats mac and cheese every Monday. <laughs> mac and cheese Monday. Mac and cheese Monday, uh, it's become like a thing with you know, I'm usually he's eating dinner with the babysitter on Monday and so it's just like really easy. This is like true confessions here. And so, you know, we always just had like the ubiquitous box of Annie's mm-hmm. mac and cheese, the purple box. And for like a year, he ate that, no problem. And then he went to someone's house where they had like the orange one. <laughs> oh, God. And now he, he like he won't eat. He's like, no, I will only eat orange mac and cheese. I'm like, oh, how did I get here? Like, first of all, how did I get to the place where my son is eating mac and cheese from the box every Monday night <laughs> anyway? But then I was like, I'm holding on to some dignity because at least he's eating the quote unquote like healthy ma- white mac and cheese. Real cheese, mac and right. cheese, and now he will only eat. So it's the like orange. I, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, what if I buy the Annie's orange? And <laughs> but I remember two years ago when this same family came to visit, <laughs> and I, I'm realizing now I made mac and cheese again, which maybe is a problem because that's embarrassing to repeat. But anyway, I made a different recipe that time, and the middle girl of this family, who at that time was maybe ten, walks into the kitchen and says, uh, "Did you put cayenne in this?" <laughs> And I said, yep. And she said, I thought so, and walked out. Uh, oh. Yeah. So that was a fail, Busted. too. Busted. <laughs> and in fact, the woman this week, this week said, oh, yeah, mac and cheese, great idea. Everybody will love Annie's mac and cheese. And I was like, I am not doing that. I am. <laughs> anyway, I clearly have more issues with this woman than just mac and cheese. But the breadcrumb thing. Hey, how do you, how do you come down on this? I, I'm so pro. Who wouldn't like breadcrumbs? But a yeah. lot of kids are not. So what do you do? Like half, you do a half breadcrumb topping, half plain? Yeah, well, you know, you I mean, underneath? for kids who are really into, like, the Annie's version, that's when I say you just skip the oven entirely. Okay, can you, I want to hear about this. Ma- you're basically abbreviating the whole process. You're making your own version of Annie's. Okay. Which is, I did this, we were over at a friend's house a couple weeks ago, and I was hanging out with the other girl's mom and the kids were hungry and she was like, let's mac- make macaroni and cheese uh, just with like macaroni and cheese. And you're doing the same thing except you're cooking the pasta all the way through. 
It's really like you're instead of using the packet from Annie's, you're just making your own cheese sauce, which is making a roux. Okay. And adding the cheese to it and tasting it and seeing if it tastes good. And then you're just stirring them together. Oh, so there's no baking. There's no baking. And mm. you just, instead of adding that packet to butter and milk, you're just making the cheese sauce from scratch. And it really, honestly, we did it. It didn't take any more time than doing it the Annie's way, except maybe if you had to grate your own cheese. But if you bought a bag of cheese... I don't think it would make a difference. I used to be anti-grated cheese until children came along, and yeah. I'm like pro. I'm so pro. It's good to just have like some in there just yeah. in case. I mean, for me, I still am going to do it most of the time, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Save yourself some time, people. All right, so stovetop is my next is my next um, attempt, I think. Yeah, and you know, you could like fold some vegetables or something in there if yeah. you think your kids won't eat around them, but who knows? All right. <laughs> I think I need to work more on my um, my relationship with that family friend <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today for things cooks know we'd like to thank our producer Kristen meinsner and our editor tim einenkel if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe on itunes and for a million more great cooking tips and tricks head to realsimple.com if you have topics you'd like us to cover next time you can tweet them to us at sarah p humphreys or at sq karn we'll be back next week 